Finally, what you've all been waiting for, it is time to go through and check in on some of the Sabres prospects. That's coming up with Hadi Kalakash from Locked On NHL Prospects here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. Your Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks for making Locked On Sabres your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. All right, we're between games, which means it is the perfect time for a look at the Sabres prospects. Jody Biasi joined by one of our favorites, Hadi Kalakash from Locked On NHL Prospects. We both got sick, so this is like two weeks <laughs> later than you know we want it to be, but we finally, we made it. We made yep, it. We did, absolutely. COVID got me, then something got you, and then I there we are. Know. I still don't know what got me. It's <laughs> nice to have someone else on the show, though. I like to actually take a drink of water in between uh, during segments here, which is nice. Absolutely. Still not all the way over it. Yeah, but I, got my, uh, I got my swimming pool over here, so we're good. Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> we're ready to go. We're ready to go on. Listen, I love talking prospects, and it's always funny to me that, you know, of, of the shows we do, this, these are always, like, the most popular. And, hey, a hockey team on a 13-year playoff drought, you know, the future sometimes can sound a little brighter than the present, which I guess might, you know, equate to why that happens. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. And especially for the Sabres, I mean, you guys have have amassed just a, a glut of fantastic prospects. So, yeah, I'm excited to get on and talk about those. We'll go through them. We're going to talk about some of the guys on the team right now, including Zach Benson. We're going to go through some of the guys that performed really well at the World Juniors, and we'll get it all in here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. If you want to uh, follow Hadi on Twitter, at Hadi, H-A-D-I, the letter K underscore scouting to check out his content. Always good stuff, especially during the World Juniors, which wrapped up about a week ago. And Team USA got it done. I always like when they do it against Canada, but it's okay. They did it against Sweden uh, this go-round. So another yep. gold medal in the U.S.'s pocket. Uh, on that, real quick, we're going to get to some of the Sabre guys and then some of the Sabre players at the World Juniors. But the tournament overall, not a surprise at all that the Americans won it. No, not at all. Um, when you've got a, an elite prospect such as Quentin Musty sitting at home while Team USA goes and wins gold, gives you a good idea of, of what's going on there. But, yeah, I mean – I think USA wanted to face off against uh, Sweden more than Canada this time, actually, because um, I don't know if it was the U18 Worlds or the Helenka Gretzky Cup, but uh, Sweden won against them, and uh, it was feisty in that one. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure this one felt really, really good for Team USA. And I mean, overall, they had a fantastic roster. I mean, unmatched in this in this tournament. Like, there's there was just layer after layer of elite offensive talent in this in this group. And what I like that USA did is they, they just went with the best players they had and then figured out the tactics and structure from there. Whereas what Canada did and what let them deny even make medal rounds was they, they had their structure in mind and then they picked players that fit with that. And I think that USA's, USA's mindset on that was fantastic. They did a great job with the roster. Yeah, we'll get into some more of the Sabre guys uh, coming up. But let's kick things off, though, here with what's going on with the Sabres in general. So it's not necessarily going well for the team overall. This was supposed yeah. to be a team 
that missed the playoffs by one point last year would take even somewhat of a jump, just end this forsaken dozen-year playoff drought that's about to probably hit 13 uh, this year. But what about some of the younger guys? You were super high on him, and as stunned as I've been that this season has progressed and Zach Benson has looked as good as he has. And honestly, let's rewind, Hottie. Him making the team as a 13th overall pick, 18 years old, you don't typically see that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, the, the only four 2023 prospects um, playing in the NHL right now are the first, second, third, and 13th overall picks. I mean, that that's... That's a that's a testament to how good Zach Benson has been and how translatable his game into the NHL. We were talking just before the podcast. It feels like every decision he makes is the right one. It feels like everything he does is the right thing that you should be doing in that situation. And, you know, I've said it time and time again with Zach Benson, his size does not limit him. He compensates for size exactly the way you want a prospect to when they're 5'10", 180 pounds and not the best skater. He leans into checks. He protects pucks with his with his leg with his right leg while um while leaning on the player. Um, you know, on the four check, he is fantastic. I mean, his effort level is off the charts. He wins battles on his own, retrieves pucks, cycles them up, moves off the puck. Like every single detail that he has in this game is tailor-made for the NHL. And yeah, I mean for me. Watching him in his draft year, I thought if any player drafted outside the top 10 is going to make the NHL, it was going to be him. And the other play was Felix Ungersorum, who was cut at the last day for, for Carolina. So yeah. that's two for two there. Yeah, he he it is amazing. The other night against, uh, or day, day I should say, against Vancouver, yeah. him shielding six foot eight Tyler Myers as he goes to the net and like not letting Myers push him off the puck. That's that's contact balance, right? Like that is that is edge work. That is skating. Yeah, that he has. That that's is not super strength. impressive. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's not strength. That's that's hockey sense. It's yes. knowing exactly how to compensate for your lack of size. I don't care if you're six three or six four, six five. You're, we're talking about a six eight, two hundred and fifteen pound defenseman. Like this is no slouch yeah. in Tyler Myers, and at five ten, one eighty, Zach Benson comes out with the puck. Like it's just it's yeah. what he does. Yeah. So does anything about his season? I mean, he is he's playing well night to night. Like to me, he's consistent. Don Granado now is trusting him to play on the penalty kill yeah. uh, and like importantly play in the penalty kill, like first or second unit. Usually um, the offensive numbers are fine. They're not, you know, crazy. I don't know how much to expect from him on that front. But yeah, does anything he's doing this year change your opinion on what his ceiling is as a player no. like long term? Not at all. Um, this is a player who uh, I said it on your morning show um, at, right after he was drafted might just be the best playmaker out of this draft. Um, the playmaking ability. I don't think it's even taken that step yet. And it can, um, he's not having as many opportunities to show it off, but when he gets going, when he's able to, to move the puck, when he's got time and space and he's able to, to find those little pockets of space, which he will continue to do. Um, he's able to thread needles. He's able to choose more importantly, choose the right pass for every scenario. Like when the scenario requests an area pass off of him, he'll do it. If it requires a slip pass or a tip pass or, you know, a hook pass or any type of pass that you could think of, Zach Benson has in his arsenal. He's just, it takes some getting used to, especially in your first year in the NHL as an 18 year old undersized, you know, not good skating prospect. It takes some time to warm up to the idea that, hey, I have a bit more time and space than I think. I think he's still getting used to that. But mm -hmm. as soon as he does, it's game over for this league. I mean, he's got the talent for it. Yeah, I, I almost even mean too. I, I liked where you took that question. I almost meant like, is his ceiling higher than maybe mm. we even thought? Like, what what is it? Like, 
I don't want to go too crazy here, but like, are we dreaming of a guy that could become like a 90 plus point player? I don't know about 90 points. I'm thinking more of the the Mark Stone brand of player where he's going to get you around a point a game, Mm -hmm. usually less, but it's going to be so impactful for your team that it's going to allow your other more skilled players to score above a point per game. I'm thinking of Matt Savoy, Yuri Kulik, Noah Osland, um, even short term, you know, Casey Middlestat and, you know, Tage Thompson and those guys like he can he can give them the floor in order to get more puck touches and better quality areas and find them wherever on the ice. This is a type of player that just uplifts the skill set of every single player he plays with. And that's yeah. that's priceless. That's 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 more important than scoring 90 points or 100 points or 120 points individually. The fact that he's able to uplift everyone he plays with, that's priceless. Yeah, and that is good because the Sabres have a lot of young talent, but especially the guys on the NHL roster right now, not everybody is the best two-way player. Yeah. Um, just the full you know, length of the ice. One guy that I wanted to actually toss in real quick, um, the, the Sabres have a lot of young players. I, I don't even know who to label a prospect anymore because it'd be the whole team, basically. Um, yeah. One guy, though, that is kind of broken out this year is J.J. Paterka. Yeah. And I want to hear you on him a little bit because he – He's shooting a lot more that I, I have noticed. And last year, it felt like he was trying to be more of a playmaker. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, when he gets ahead of steam, it, it is it is a sight to see. He can disappear for a few games at a time. But uh, where are you at on him? Because he's, you know, right around, a, he's just below a 30-goal pace for the season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, with Paterka, I think this is more or less what you're going to get out of him long term. You know, a, a, the type of player who's going to score you a decent amount of goals is going to go to the right areas and make plays overall. I mean, I remember he was one of the first prospects I ever did a scouting report on. And um, oh. yeah, Paterka, yeah. I, I, what I saw from him in this draft here in, in Germany, I mean, we're talking about a player who is so reliable, defensively responsible, really smart on the puck. Um, but, you know, you look at his toolkit and you don't see necessarily a standout offensive trait. You know, with Zach Benson, you can point to the playmaking and be like, oh, that's his ticket. That's his ticket to, to a point per game. With Paterka, I don't see that yet, and maybe it develops, but I'd be surprised at this stage. Overall, I think he's a fantastic middle six option with defensive mm-hmm. upside, with um, with a decent amount of offensive upside. I think 30 goals is realistic and reasonable. Yep. Um, he's just below that pace right now, but I think with the mindset of shooting a lot more, which was something that he developed over time, mm-hmm. uh, he could get there. Um, but yeah, yep. I'd expect somewhere in the range of 50 to 60 points annually from Paterka, something like that, mm-hmm. especially if he's playing with the likes of Benson, Middlestat, Thompson. Like As long as those stay as kind of range of teammates, we're good. Yeah, yeah, he's been with Cousins and Quinn, I know, a lot. And yeah. I think they maybe see that as a long-term line, but you know how lines work. You know, in, in a day, they could mix that up and Absolutely. shuffle things. Yeah. The last guy I wanted to touch on with you before we get to some of the World Junior guys, not yet in the, the Sabres uh, organization, um, or at least not in the NHL club, Devin Levi. We asked you, we talked a lot about him last season. Yeah. How do you see his season going? And when you look at the numbers and really, in general, just – you know, the hype got crazy, and I was always on the more pessimistic side of that. You know, there yeah. were those in the Buffalo, not just the media, but fans in general, too, that thought, oh, this guy, launch him to 50-plus starts. He's our number one goalie, and I still think he's the number one goalie of the future, but, man, the, my hesitation on that, Hottie, was just you never, ever see that. In, yeah. in, like, in rare instances, like Connor Hellebuck. Yeah, absolutely. It's extremely rare for young goaltenders to come into this league and immediately just take the the starter spot by the reins and make it theirs. I mean, 
you look historically, there's a lot of goaltenders that take a lot of time, and goalies usually take a bit longer in order to hit their ceiling. So I wouldn't be surprised if Devin Levi, by 24, 25, 26, is an elite goaltender in this league. He has a skill set, and more importantly, he's compensated for a size, a bit like Zach Benson, exactly the way you need to, except for him, it's in goal. Um, the way he covers his net, the way that he moves post to post, um, his ability to just go from really high up above his crease to right at the goal line really, really quickly. Those are little details on his game that I love, and I think long-term you can make those work. But obviously right now, 19 games, 3.32 goals against average, 889 save percentage. That's not the numbers of an elite goaltender. But again, he's super young, and it's so rare for goaltenders to say he should make it in the NHL and, and immediately be impactful. So I'm still really hopeful with Levi. I love, love, love his game. Everything about what he does in goal, I just I want to... I want to send clips of him to every small goaltender in the, in the yeah. world and just be like, yeah. this is how you play when you're undersized. He, he does it really well. So I, I'm still holding out on Devin Levi and hoping that he can he can make it work because he definitely has a skill set for it. Yep, yep. Plenty of time for him to develop into that true number one. And in uh, Buffalo's favor, Lukanen, Ukapeka Lukanen has progressed this year. He's not yeah. amazing, but he's definitely on a heater lately, uh, to say the least. For All sure. right. Time out here. When we come back, let's go through some of the guys not yet in the Buffalo Club, uh, especially what they did at the World Juniors, including Noah Osland, who Hottie was higher on last year than I think anybody that I talked to uh, leading up to uh, or leading past the uh, Sabres draft from last year. That's coming up here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. Welcome back here in the Lockdown Sabres podcast. Joe DiBiase, Hadi Kalakash. Follow him on Twitter at Hadi K underscore scouting. Thanks for making us your first listen. Your next listen should be Lockdown Sports today. Here for your 24-7 covering the top stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports today on YouTube. Subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. I'm sure they're talking plenty of Bill Steelers. Today for you Sabres slash Bills fans. Let's get back into Sabres prospect land. All right, let's go away from what people are seeing with the Sabres. The World Juniors, and I guess we could use their their whole development season in general. I want to start with you with Noah Oslin from Sweden. How well he played. It was really my first chance to watch him for like an entire game yep. at a time. And to me, he looked very impressive, slick, like the hands. I didn't think he had hands like that, um, but you've been high on him all along. So I'm guessing you're not that surprised that he had a tournament that. that Absolutely. Strong. I mean, if, if I were to use one word to describe Oslin, it's wriggly. He just he just Frankly. wriggles out of space really really well. He just moves past checks almost like he's covered in butter. It's so fun to watch. But yeah, overall, I mean, you're talking about a player who, for me, was the best player on Sweden in in that. I mean, him and him and the uh, him and Axel Sandin Pelika, which mm. was the uh, pretty much the top defenseman on Sweden, were the two standouts for me. And Usland, um, despite Jonathan Lekiramaki, his line mate, um, earning the uh, earning the MVP of the tournament. Yep. I thought Lekarimaki was a lot more unidimensional than Usland. Usland was getting back on back check, was making plays defensively, was using his skating in, in all three zones in order to get involved, and more importantly, was distributing the puck a whole lot. He was making plays in transition that were really, really impressive. And, and this season, he's playing with Vejo in, uh, in the SHL, and he's got 10 points in 19 games, which is not too bad for a 20-year-old. I mean, this is a player who definitely has the upside to become one of the best players on an already stacked and, and future-heavy um, Buffalo Sabres team, I still think that he, there's a spot for him in the top six. Like, that's not that's not unrealistic for me. 
Yeah. What do you see timeline for him as a refresher for those? Is it uh, about the same? I, again, I'm even trying to refresh myself or recall what yeah. you would have been on for him. But what do you think? Like another year, two years before we even start thinking about him getting to the NHL level? I'd say if, if next year is in the AHL, it's say half a year next year and then he's in the NHL. But if he's still mm-hmm. playing in Sweden next year, you just delay that by another year. So half a year in the SHL, in the AHL, another year, in, and, and the rest of the year in the NHL. He has a yeah. skill set for it. He has the abilities. I don't think he's going to hop into the NHL off rip and, and just tear it up. Uh, I think it's a really smart idea to ease him into the North American game, to ease him into the smaller ice game and give him opportunities to get touches in tight in ways he wouldn't usually. And I think the World Juniors were great for that. Despite the fact that it's larger ice, it's a bit of a similar kind of chaotic high-paced play style in the World Juniors. You you get puck touches, but you get them with pressure. You get them for, for short amounts of time. And more of that, I think, is going to do wonders for Ipsilon's game. So, de- mm-hmm. you know, depending on if he plays in the SHL next year uh, or not, I, yep. either way half a year in the AHL after that and then the NHL it's another reason what man like there are Sabre fans that want to see some trades happen in part because they've already got so many young players like loaded in their top six and top nine really and yeah. they've got all these guys coming and like there's no room for all these guys like someone's got to go at some point you know, that, that two for one trade it seems inevitable uh and here's another guy that seems to be on the way to making it what about quickly his uh his line mate for part of the tournament his teammate in Anton Wahlberg anything stand out in a big way for for you from him for sure I mean he's a player who works the net front extremely well has a surprising amount of pacing skill for a guy of his size um he's a player I was higher on than most in the draft year um but I also had my my reservations I mean the people that were highest highest on him had him as a clear-cut top 20 pick like first round pick I was more in the kind of 30 to 40 range with him, and it's mainly because he's still very raw. He still needs a lot of experience and development. Um, hasn't really put together and combined his toolkit in ways that he could. You know, a big guy that moves that well, that handles the puck that well, that can shoot it that well, and can work the net front that well. I mean, if you put all that together, it's lethal, but he hasn't yet. Um so I think that's the development curve with him is I think it's going to be definitely a bit longer than, than Noah Oslin's. I'd say three, four years, maybe even five before he sees NHL ice. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if he's developed properly and given the time and patience to, to kind of work out the kinks in his game and put everything together in a cohesive package, yep. you're looking at another really, really good home run swing for, for the Buffalo Sabres. It's a fantastic pick. That's Anton Wahlberg, by the way, for those that do not know, second round pick from the 2023 draft, one of two second round picks from the Sabres. We'll get to the other guy because he was at the World Juniors as well. But first, I want to round out the other first round picks from the 2022 draft class of the Sabres. And let's go with the guy they picked first in that draft class, ninth overall, Matthew Savoy, who had the weirdest NHL debut ever. He made it through camp. He was injured, but then he went to Rochester in a condition assignment and they got called up like, all right, guys making his NHL debut. He played three minutes and then they sent him back to juniors. It was just really strange. I don't, maybe they were doing that to avoid the NHL being like, Hey, did you guys do the injury assignment to, as a workaround to not send him back to junior? Like, I don't, it was just a weird situation, but yeah. Past that, what he did at the World Juniors, he also sustained an injury there. And where you see him in general, because he's back with the Winnipeg Ice. Um, Actually, excuse me, that team moved. So that team moved. And he got traded. And he got traded. (laughs) He's all all over the place. We can't keep track of him. Um, Mm -hmm. But where do you see his game overall? And he's kind of been passed by Zach Benson, but... 
we talked about Benson earlier. That that might not be uh, an insult to say that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, Massive is still a really good prospect, and he's actually you know taking a really good step up this year. Um, I mentioned that the last time I was here um, with Matt Savoy, you're talking about a player who is really good when he's got time and space, but as soon as he got, as soon as he has two players on him, it's over. Like he, he'll usually lose a puck. I think, I feel like that's changed a tiny bit. His, his world juniors were weird. Um, he did a really, a lot of really good things. And in terms of game score, so analytically, how much he was contributing to, to, to his team's production and, and his team's overall results, he was in, you know, among the top 10 um in, in at the world juniors in terms of forwards but nothing was going in nothing was working he was taking really good shots from really good areas the puck just the bounces weren't coming um but you look at his play right now in the whl he had 24 points in 11 games 11 goals 13 assists with wenatchee which is um where the winnipeg ice moved yep. they got traded to the moose jaw warriors which by the way is a fantastic move that team's right. already stacked it's also a great team name yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely and he has five points in his first game so all right. he's he's doing good. Offensively, there's a lot to love. Defensively, he's never really going to give you much, but he's still able to hold his own. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the upgrades in his offensive game, his ability to handle pressure has improved a lot. So last I was here, I talked about him being kind of third in the pecking order between Uslan, Kulich, and him mm-hmm. in that order. Um, I see him a lot closer to Uslan than to Kulich now. Uh, so, mm-hmm. so yeah, there's, there's some decent improvements in his game that have taken him a long way. And I would not be surprised to see him become kind of a high end offensive piece for, for Buffalo either. All right. Good to hear on, uh, Kulich, Kulik. We go, his name is pronounced differently. It seems like every week, whether yeah. he's in Rochester or he's at the world juniors, he actually led the world juniors in points <laughs> with 13 and seven games. I know he's older than a lot of the players at the, at the tournament, and he continues to light the lamp in Rochester. It, it Again, this is kind of a product, I think, of the Sabres just being so deep with young talent that there aren't a lot of spots available for him. Yeah. But it has been a little strange to me that he hasn't received more call-up chances this year. Um, in general, his game, I don't know, like, is it developing in terms of like an overall game? Because he clearly has the ability to finish and yeah. score. But my wonder still, I guess, for him at the NHL level will eventually be about his complete, you know, 200 foot game. So between that and what he did at the World Juniors, how do you see him? Yeah, I still see him as a player who's going to be a staple of a middle six. And by the way, the sniping is a new development with Kulich, relatively new development. In his draft year, I saw him mainly as a really good defensive player with really good transition results, was able to skate the puck up the ice and make plays. He had a decent shot, but not to the point of scoring 16 goals in 25 games at 19 years old in the AHL. Like, that's that's a new development. And yeah, overall, I think that adding that goal-scoring ability to his game and, and refining it and making it better, that's a big progression in his game. But the rest of his game is also developing slowly but surely. Um, I think it's just a matter of time for Yuri Kulik as a long-term middle six guy playing on your second line as a complimentary player or on your third line as the main play driver. And if you have Yuri Kulik on your third line, you're you're a really good team. So yeah, yeah I, I love his game. We got one more prospect to get to from the World Juniors. Second round pick, I teased it earlier. We talked about Anton Wahlberg. He was the first of the Sabres' two second round picks. The second, Maxim Streback from uh, Slovakia who was over a point a game at the World Juniors. I did not get a lot of chance to see his game overall. Yeah. Um, so where what, what are we talking about with him? And, to, and also the style. The points would tell you, oh, offensive defenseman, but is that does that have to be true, I guess? No, he's really a two-way defenseman, I'd say. Um, he's 
he's really weird when you watch him in, in, in the NCAA. He's playing with Michigan State. Uh, it's not the, you know, it's a decent roster. They've got a couple of really good players, including Isaac Howard, who is a really good player for USA. Um, they have a top draft eligible and Archam Lefshunov on defense. They have Trey Augustine in goal, who's probably one of the best goaltender prospects in, in the NCAA. But, you know, the thing with Sherbach is what you saw from him at with Slovakia is exactly what you saw from him in the NCAA, but except against worse competition. Because what you were seeing from Sherbach was a player who makes a lot of good decisions offensively, but also a lot of bad decisions defensively, despite having really good defensive tools. So he's a player who kind of struggles with consistency in terms of his decision making. But once he's when he's on, he's unstoppable. I am, you know, throughout this whole tournament, Strabach was probably top three, top four defenseman in the in, in the tournament at the World Juniors. But then in the last game that Slovakia played, um, he allowed, you know, I don't remember who against who it was. I think it was against Finland. Yeah, it was against Finland. Um, three on three overtime game on the line. He makes the most weird pinch at the offensive blue at the defensive blue line, and you know, the Finnish player just gets around him super easily and goes in on a breakaway and scores a goal. You know, and as the lone defenseman at three on three with two players back checking but still far ahead of him, he should have identified. You know, this is a time where I step back and hold hold the hold the the high slot and let the player just work around. It's three on three. So he's still working on that, working out his kinks and his defensive issues. I just think that with Sherbach, you have a you have a solid chance at a player who's going to be playing kind of second pair, maybe third pair uh, minutes, especially if that defensive decision making doesn't improve. Because when it's when it's off, it's really really off. I mean, mm. he he's he. I mean, I saw him cause three breakaways against in the same shift. Um, in Michigan State, and good thing yeah. Trey Augustine's in that because he saved his butt like three times, but. When he's off, he's off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, last guy to get to that also played at the World Juniors. Not a Sabre yet, and I don't know if I want him to be. <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, Macklin Celebrini. Going to be the number one pick. Yeah. Listen, I hate having this conversation because the Sabres continually, you know, I pull up tankathon.com, and there they are. They're not that far down the list. Yeah. Um, so hopefully they play their way out of that. Let's just. Mention him just so that fans know uh, what is on the line for the bottom teams this year. It's really more for the teams like San Jose and Anaheim and, and Chicago uh, yeah. and even maybe Ottawa. But what is the future number one overall pick? Assuming that that's right. What did he do at the World Juniors and what level of prospect do we have uh, at this point in time? In terms of level of prospect, I put him in the kind of Steven Stamkos, uh, John Tavares, uh, Nico Heischer type of tier of center. So not the elite generational level of a Matthews or uh, a McDavid or those kinds of players, but the tier right below where they're still producing at high-end numbers and um, putting themselves in contention for, for awards, but never really winning them. Um, so yeah, you're looking at a player who... I mean, I've never seen a player this this aggressive off the rush. He's terrifying when just barreling down the ice. Like what he'll do is he'll make a defensive play, he'll get the puck in the in his own zone, and just skate right at players, back them up, and put them on their heels, and just terrify them with, you know, you don't know what he's going to do with the puck off the rush. But he's also improved his his cycle game. He's able to cycle pucks really well, get in open ice, and take shots and. Yeah, I mean, he's got a wicked wrister, fantastic playmaker, and again, just lethal. He just attacks you in wave after wave after wave of offensive transition. 
which makes him really difficult to handle for defensemen. He's going to be a really good player, and there's a significant gap between between him at first and anyone else at two okay. through two through whatever. Yeah. All right. Well, again, very unlikely to become a Buffalo Saber, uh, but we'll see. Here we are again, where you know your Habs and my Sabers are just bottom of the division, <laughs> it's having a mid off. Yeah. Tra- just draft <laughs> rankings. Um. So, you know, better days are better days have to be ahead. Hopefully. Although we've waited this long. So yeah. appreciate you coming on, man. And uh, again, you're hearing in my voice. It's not all the way gone, but we're uh, getting healthier through this winter. It's been For a tough sure. winter. Yeah, it really has. But yeah, uh, glad you're doing better. Glad I am as well, because goodness, that was a rough two weeks of COVID. That, yeah. that hit me hard. Yeah. Listen, when you're doing when you're using your voice for a living, like you kind of need it. You know, yeah. you can't losing your voice is like the worst thing that could possibly happen. Uh, but anyways, we're back at it. So thanks again, Hottie. And uh, we'll uh, look forward to chatting again. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening, everybody here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. We will next chat about Sabres and Blackhawks, which is next up at KeyBank Center. Talk to you then here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.